This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You want the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're at the end of the week, Zach. You can tell I'm going crazy. Um, I'm ready for this weekend. Coffee this for morning. shout. For shout. <laughs> What's that? Is it too much coffee this morning? You were like amped for that Wait, intro. Dude, you know I had three cups already, and it's only 11.30 a.m. That's crazy. You know, so, yeah. That's how we roll. I Listen, I had to prepare for the podcast. Right. How else am I going to get through it? You know, I need my coffee, you know? Um, right. I need my coffee. I need my coffee. What's your go-to flavor coffee? Like, do you, do you drink it black? I don't do, do any drink, flavors. I just I you just don't drink do anything. Black. Oh man, you're an animal. I can't I, I yeah. can't do coffee if it's just straight up black coffee. Like, listen, man, don't define not. yourself, Zach. Don't define yourself. Okay, don't use those <laughs> words. You can't. You can, if you really want yeah. to. You can. Is what is it? Is it an acquired <laughs> taste? I don't know. I've tried acquiring it a couple <laughs> times. It just it just doesn't yeah, work. I hear that. I hear that, dude. Um, you know what? I I have uh. There is something at, at Starbucks that's flavored that I started to like recently. You know, I just don't, I'm not a big fan of like, as I got a little older, like the, the milk, like milk and coffee, like just a cream oh, of coffee yeah. just doesn't sit right with me for some reason. Like the aftertaste is kind of weird for me, but the iced shaken espresso, um, the, the apple, I think it's like apple flavor or something. It was like a fall flavor. It was like an apple, apple flavor. Coffee? I think yeah, it's like, <laughs> hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it sounds gross. Um, apple shaken espresso. Let me see what it is, what it's actually called. The did they, um, apple crisp oat milk shaken espresso. Did they pay for this That's spot on the, podcast? they did not pay for this spot. Um, but <laughs> Hey, Starbucks, holla at me, holla at me. Um, <laughs> So many things happened in last night's game, dude. Like everybody, we were just talking before this how we all lost all of our money on this game. But uh, everyone got their popcorn ready. They sat on the couch for an awesome divisional game between these two good teams. And then havoc ensued at that point. Mark Andrews had a season-ending ankle injury early in the game. Absolutely brutal. Joe Burrow was hurt, maybe aggravated a wrist injury on that touchdown pass to Joe Mixon. Their head coach will tell you that it was, nothing was aggravated, that he just got hurt for the first time in that game. Um, Mixon had a very solid game, by the way. But Joe Burrow, he could not grip and throw the football after that point, after he threw that touchdown to Mixon. And then he could not come back into the game. That led to Jamar Chase having a crappy game, although he, he had his touchdown. You know, he had that touchdown you know, save him later on from a touchdown pass from Jake Browning. But he, he still, regardless, like instead of a zero point game, it, it was a little bit better than that. But we still don't know exactly, you know, what the injury is for Burrow. You know, based on a video the Bengals posted on social media the day before, apparently there was something on Burrow's wrist, some sort of device, some sort of wrap that people noticed. The Bengals deleted it at that point, and mm -hmm. he came into the game without an injury designation you know, on that, on that hand or that wrist. And now we're wondering what the deal is here, right? Because there's a lot of money spent on Burrow, man. This entire Bengals offense, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, the spread, all that, man. Like if the NFL is going to be in bed with sports books, then, you know, this information needs to be released. Yeah. And there is currently, according to Adam Schefter, a little bit of an investigation already open uh, for this. So I hope that they come down heavy because we depend on these practice reports okay we really do because we wouldn't have been putting our hard-earned money on these games it's not just us there's, there's a lot there's a lot of things involved here but hopefully the burrow injury isn't too severe um you know the way he was in pain throwing the ball you know was not a good sign uh, he couldn't even throw it but you know hopefully we got some yeah. good news after his mri uh today um that, but that, we'll see 
that's the hope. But like, there's so much that went down last night, and he just like got it all out in like multiple points. I'm gonna try and I'm not gonna go point for point here, but I'm just gonna say like it was a meltdown <laughs> last night. Like, it was. Al Michaels just can't get a good game to call, <laughs> even when it's set up for him to have a good game to call. He can't get it. Like Mark Andrews going down, like. That sucks. There's not anybody that's going to be an easy replacement for him at this point. You know, like you were setting him in your lineup every week. He was coming through. And now you're just going to have to improvise for the rest of the season. The only thing that's, I guess, if you're going to pull something good out of this, <laughs> which is really difficult to do, the good news is that the injury happened before the trade deadline. So maybe you can still swing a deal for a tight end for a stretch run. You know, like maybe that's the silver lining here. But with Joe Burrow's injury, you know, I'm less concerned about the fallout for him. Like we, we don't know, like you said what the injury situation is with him. I don't know. Did you see the video when that, that the video that everyone's talking about when they posted, yeah. it was like, it was black tape around his hand. So like, I, I don't know right. what that would do. Like it's odd that he would have that on there, but I'm not sure if that implies like a major injury, especially if he was going into the game with the expectation that he was going to play like aggravations happen. That's fine. Why wasn't it said? Why wasn't anything said about it? It's one thing, but I'm less concerned about that. Like, I think that there's still the chance that Joe Burrow could be back in relatively short order. I'm not a doctor, but I'm not going to like put the jury out and say he's done for the season. But I'm less concerned about Joe Burrow than I am about maybe Jamar Chase. You know, like Joe Mixon, he was fine last night. He actually came through. He had five catches on five targets, receiving touchdown. I think that can continue with Jake Browning under center if he has to go a couple weeks. You know, he'll be checking it down. But with Jamar Chase, I don't care that he scored the garbage time touchdown late. Like he's got no chance at having anywhere near the upside that he had with Burrow under center. Now, obviously, not a whole lot is known, like I said, about Burrow's injury, but this is a long-term thing. Jamar Chase, he might be stuck in a Devontae Adams situation, and that would just be terrible. Like I'd rather have I've Devontae had Adams. enough. <laughs> what are you saying? I'd rather have Devontae Adams. Yeah, like I've I've had enough of these good receivers having their quarterbacks get hurt, and then they just they're just obsolete. Garrett Wilson, Devontae Adams, now Jamar Chase, possibly. It's like, come on, Justin Jefferson, even with Kirk Cousins going down. Obviously, Justin yeah. Jefferson was hurt himself too. But like all of these backup, we're we're relying on so many backup quarterbacks at this point. It's just like it feels like one of the worst seasons for this type of situation, and we've seen it so much. Like it just makes me it. upset. Makes me upset too. I'm upset right now just hearing you talk about it. Um, but you know, I'm also, you know, like uh, Gus Edwards, man, he was able to get it done with his weekly touchdown, two touchdowns in last night's game. I guess his unsustainable pace, uh, is just going to go on forever. Right. Um, you just have to keep riding it at this point. Like, obviously, like even with Keaton Mitchell getting almost a 50, 50 roll with him, uh, he had eight carries to Edwards 12. He didn't break any of those long runs in this one, but his role did get better. Keep him on your roster. Okay. Don't get too discouraged here. He's still like a, you know, an upside flex play, if that. But, you know, yeah. his role could grow a little bit. He did flash forward. a little bit. I think he had a 21-yard carry, if I'm not mistaken. Because I, I was just following, really? like I said, I, put, I yeah, I put on the newsletter I put last night. I was like, oh, I can't wait for Thursday Night Football. It's too bad I don't have an Amazon Prime subscription. You know, <laughs> it's like, this is the worst. You don't I'm have there. an Amazon Prime subscription? Oh, no. No, I'm poor. I don't have Netflix. I don't have Hulu. I don't have Dude, any of that stuff. We got to get I, you I'm one, living man. under a rock. But anyway... I was able to have catch you not been watching any of these Thursday night games. Oh, I've been watching the games when I came. Oh, okay. Like, I've been out people. I like, I've been places where people have had, okay. it. this was one of those games where it wasn't, but with this is the, that play, I saw that's I just it. happened. That's it. We have to get you an amazon.com subscription, like dude. Yeah. I'm more, I'm more concerned. The fact that you are not getting two day delivery on your shit, dude. Like that's what <laughs> matters to me. Like the, I don't even the, care. The, the not amount football games. The amount of ordering on Amazon I do is so minimal. Like I, I'm not a shopper, so like it wouldn't change anything for me. But nothing pisses me. We're, we're gonna get it's back. It's gonna yeah. change once you. Uh, it's gonna change maybe, once you get the, the, the one day shipping and the two day shipping. It's gonna right. change that. <laughs> but yeah, right let, let me again. Did Amazon pay for this plug? What are we doing here? But anyway, getting back <laughs> to football real quick. Just nothing pisses me off more than running back who's just delivered to touchdowns. You know, it seems like a weird thing to say because fantasy points at the end of the day, they're objectively good. But the way Edwards again, these touchdowns is unsustainable. And I'm going to keep pounding the table and saying that it's not going to happen, but it's just going to keep happening. That's the way it goes. I think there's something to be said about the Ravens offense being able to support this type of glass house production, you know, like, but you have to figure at some point it's going to come crashing down. Like this is Taysom Hill-esque almost. It's just touchdown dependency instead of getting touches in the ground game, that kind of thing. I'm still selling Gus Edwards if the trade deadline isn't up. You know, if your trade deadline is still open, this is just another chance. He looks really good. I guess you could ride it out at this point. Like you said, it's just going to continue. This is one of those things where it's just like, there's nothing to really explain it besides he's on a good offense and they give him the ball at the goal line. It's very, it's like Jamal Williams again. 
it's going to go on forever. I think that's what we forever and that's ever. What, that, that's my conclusion. It's going to go on forever and ever. He's never going to have a game from here on out for the rest of the year that he's not going to score a touchdown. All right. Do you, are you going to um, die on that hill? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually. I actually agree with you, but I just wanted right, to. Right, right, right. <laughs> make your point by saying something that doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Um, now, with this Mark Andrews injury, Isaiah likely was his primary replacement. You know, he's a waiver wire ad. You know, doesn't go to the top of the tight end rankings like or anything like we've done with him in the past, but he should definitely be rostered for sure. Um, OBJ ended up leading the Ravens with seven targets. He went over 100 yards on his four catches, yet he ran almost half of the routes to Zay Flowers and was basically sharing a, a 50-50 role with Nelson Aguilar. Um, it seems like it doesn't matter though, because when he's on the field, Lamar Jackson is looking his way. His route participation was only at 50% this week after 40% last week. We'll see if his playing time increases at all. Because if it does, I would imagine Lamar would be looking his way a whole lot. Um, you know, there is some vacated targets to go around now that Mark Andrews is out for the season. Um, you know, keep in mind that OBJ suffered a shoulder injury in this game. Not sure how serious it doesn't look serious because Harbaugh said it doesn't look too bad after the game. Um, and they have some extra time before next week's game uh zay flowers though he's in a bit of a slump right now three catches yeah. for 43 yards and four targets he's averaging only 36 receiving yards over his last four games uh you know he's been a wide receiver three for me for the past few weeks and that's who he is moving forward it, you know it sucks because he gets a great matchup next week against the chargers like and why why does it suck is because my hope is that like we don't get sucked into the matchup and that he doesn't play as well and that we get disappointed like i'm still starting him as a wide receiver three um but like, you, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm I'm gonna start yeah. him, but it's like, you know, I'm doing it myself here. It's pretty much. It's that it's that um, Michael Scott meme where it's like I'm ready to be hurt again. Like that's what's <laughs> going to happen with Zay Flowers. Right. <laughs> You're hoping that you don't get sucked into a matchup where he's going to suck because he's been sucking this past few weeks. Like it, it's just funny. I don't know. But I, I, don't, I don't think there's any debate about Zay Flowers' talent. It just seems really odd that the Ravens, they haven't been able to find a way to get him more involved in the offense. Like, Here's a guy, I think he's definitely their most dynamic after the catch receiver. Arguably their best route runner. And Todd Monken can't come up with ways to get him involved. Like He can't scheme him up more than a couple targets a game at this point. Like His dot has fallen. He's just not getting it done. Maybe Flowers is too versatile that the Ravens don't know exactly how to deploy him just yet. But his target share is just it's fallen off a cliff. Past four or five weeks, 29% target share in weeks one through six. Since then, in we, since week seven, it's just 19%. Like It's really discouraging for Flowers to have just four targets last night in a game where Mark Andrews didn't play the majority of it. So even in that great matchup, like you said, next week against the Chargers, I'm not sure I want to trust Flowers until we see that target share get back up. Like I'm ready to get hurt again. If you have Zay Flowers, do you really have a choice? Like I think putting him in your lineup as a wide receiver three or flex makes sense, but it's very difficult given what we've seen from him. It hasn't been encouraging, and it doesn't look like it's getting any better anytime soon, especially with Gus Edwards on that touchdown run that is never-ending. Yeah, I'm Rashad Bateman, he found the end zone this one. Only two targets, though, only one catch. He was good to see, but I was kind of expecting a little bit more from him. You know, uh, Maybe hoping is the right word. Uh, but his rap participation was up at 76%, only behind Zay Flowers, uh, but he just didn't get the targets in this one either. Uh, I don't think it's super necessary. If you're on, if you're on the platform where he was on your bench and you could drop him like after this game and pick up somebody else for Sunday, I probably do that. I did that in a few leagues um, after telling everyone to pick him up this week and put him on the bench. So you could do the same thing. Right. All right, moving on to some more news. Keenan Allen returned to practice. He look, it looks like he's going to be able to suit up this week. Khalil Herbert was back to a full practice while Deontay Foreman was limited in practice again on Thursday. Uh, it's possible that Herbert is the more healthy one going into this week, but you know we'll see. Either way, it's a very tough matchup uh, against the Lions for both of these guys. Antonio yeah. Gibson hasn't practiced yet. Uh, two missed practices so far, so Brian Robinson would end up assuming more work potentially. Uh, last two weeks for Robinson, 50% and 40% of the two-minute work, which is not common for someone like him. He was already getting some of that work. He could be closer to a high-end RB2 start against the Giants if Gibson is out this week with that toe injury. Right. And uh, that was the yeah, issue that we've had. Sorry. And that was the issue we've had with Robinson the whole season. It's just utilization. So anything that's going to shore that up, it's, it's going to make it a lot easier to trust him as a strong RB2. Um, Antonio Gibson missing a game will qualify as a significant boost. So I, I, I'm in on Brian Robinson if Antonio Gibson, especially if he doesn't play. Um, yeah, but Brian Robinson overall, you know, you mentioned that work. You don't usually get that kind of work if you're just a guy like we've been championing this whole 
I don't know, since he came in the NFL, that Brian Robinson's just a guy. <laughs> hey, man. You, you've been way hard on Brian Robinson. I was so hard on Brian Robinson last year, and, and you just took that thing this year, and you just like – you were just Oh, yeah, like, I'm running with it. Taking it and just like swinging it around and like this is – Did you see <laughs> – did you see in the media how everyone's pumping him up right now? They're like, this was the RB6 in fantasy football, and in half PPR is the RB4 or something overall, but it's like – Oh, you mean like total points? Yeah, total points, and that's the thing, total and that's points. what I used to yeah. do. Like this happened where I when I first started – here at upper hand you know i was one of those guys that used the total points and then you're like no right. don't use total points use points per game i was like ah yeah that makes sense and now it's just like wow like it's definitely just for clicks at this point but it is funny seeing the memes yeah. like both brian robinson and b john robinson both have this they look exactly the same on sleeper because it's just the first letter of their name and then their yeah, last yeah, name is yeah. b robinson and they're like the guy that drafted b robinson thinking he was getting yeah B. John, that was but uh, still ends up with I the six it's I like saw hilarious. that tweet from Ian Harditz. Yeah, Ian Harditz yeah, tweeted that was out. hilarious. Um, I'll I'll say the exact tweet because it is it is absolutely hilarious. Uh, Brian is. Robinson being the most productive B Robinson this season is pretty wild, um, which is <laughs> which is absolutely so which is which is hilarious to me. Um, yeah. And, and while I'm here on his Twitter, I, I just I just want to like put, I just want to read the hilarious. tweet. He's so funny. Um, and that's why we're working with fantasylife.com, right? Because of, <laughs> of guys like him. Um, but his 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 tweet about Carissa Thompson yesterday had me rolling on the floor. Um, I'm trying to find <laughs> it here. Did, he might have. That's he, funny too. Did he delete it? I, mean, I don't he know. Might have deleted, deleted it. There's so many oh, memes man. going around about that Carissa Thompson stuff too. It's like Joe Burrow. There, there was a one sideline report. I think, just, I think he did. I think he did delete it. I think. Do you remember what it, it said? Like I don't know. Yeah, I do remember what it said. Um. He, it basically said that um, that uh, like Ch- uh, Jamar Chase like was getting on on Joe Burrow's nerves or something like that. So instead, he's oh, targeting yeah, yeah, all these yeah. other wide receivers. That's what it was. According to Carissa I, I Thompson on the sideline, I think I saw that because I, I think <laughs> yeah, he said yeah. that Joe uh, Joe Burrow is getting on Jamar Chase's nerves or something like that, or Jamar Chase is getting on Joe Burrow's nerves. So he wants to go and target Alden Tate. He wants the Bengals yeah, to go bring yeah, Alden yeah. Tate back. It's like an audit is like his guy. So like, yeah, it's like an inside joke. But anyway, <laughs> uh, too funny. Yeah. Ian Hart is hilarious. He, he's over at fantasylife.com, you know, and, and they're the man. They're the best over there. Um, moving forward. No practice for Noah Brown on Wednesday and Thursday. Nico Collins had limited practices on Wednesday and Thursday. So it looks like he's going to play. Noah Brown might not play. Good matchup for Collins on the perimeter against Arizona. They've given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last eight weeks on that left side. We always talk about that left side, every single wide receiver podcast against Marco Wilson. That's who you want to target. So Collins has the best matchup of any Texans wide receiver this week. Tank Dell should still be in starting lineups as well. I'd say both these guys are low end wide receiver twos this week for me. I do have Tank a little bit ahead of Collins, like two spots ahead, only because like he's like the more healthier one. Um, yeah. so I'm just giving a little bit of edge to him, even though, cause like he does run routes on the left side also, right? It's not like these guys are running every single route from their respective primary spots. Um, right. I wouldn't be surprised if Collins does his thing though, in this particular matchup. And th- that's my thoughts exactly with Tank Dell. I do have him a, l- a little bit higher, I think, than you in my rankings. I have him as a mid-wide receiver two play this week. And that's just because C.J. Stroud's playing too well. <laughs> He's dialed in on Dell yeah. these past few weeks. 33% target share over the past two games. And granted, that's been with Nico Collins' sideline last week. But he also was the top target in Houston the week before that with Collins on the field. So the most surprising thing for me with this one that has me kind of high on Tank Dell here too is the way that Vegas is looking at this game. The Cardinals and Texans have the highest projected total of any week game this week at 48 and a half. There you go. Like, did you know that? It's ridiculous. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that. I figured it would be relatively high with Kyler Murray back, but that one really just caught me off guard. Dell's coming into his own as a staple in Houston's passing game. The game script should be plenty competitive. I wouldn't be surprised to see Dell rack up a third straight game hitting double-digit targets. You know, I, I think that's good enough to rank him as a mid-wide receiver, too. And I think there's a little bit of upside there also. And I also want to say that Collins is – I want to say that Collins can be able to just leapfrog Dell as soon as he comes back and he's fully healthy as the offensive wide, wide receiver one. But I think that Dell's making a pretty compelling case here that he could be the weekly target share leader the rest of the way. So it's just a little nugget there that I'm looking at with Tank Dell. Like he's come on these past couple of weeks. I think he can keep doing his thing. It'll be interesting to see, though, what things look like once Noah Brown, Nico Collins, and Tank Dell are all healthy because they're suddenly a pretty good trio at wide receiver. Like We weren't talking about this trio hardly at all coming into the season. Thank you very much, CJ Stroud. We, we, we yes. all appreciate you very much. <laughs> 
Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you play certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. OK, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the app store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the app store today. Damian Pierce still not practicing. Uh, doesn't look like he's going to play. So fire up Devin Singletary in a good matchup. Very solid RB2 this week. All right, let's get into wide receivers. I don't think we ever mentioned what the show is about. Um, if you're still with us this, and you're still trying yeah. to figure out what we're doing on the show, we're talking wide receivers and tight ends going into week 11. Okay. Um, thank you for not tuning, tuning out. And I'm sorry for keeping you wait, keep you waiting to figure out what the hell we're doing on this episode. But they have the. They have the little episode slider at the bottom of their screen. They can just slide around. True. You know what I'm saying? True, if they want to get true, to the true. meat of the episode, they can skip to it. They can leave out the vegetables true. and all that stuff at the front. True, true, true. All right. Let's start with the Rams wide receivers real quick. Uh, a little reminder uh, of how these Rams wide receivers look when Matthew Stafford is healthy. 35% target share for Puka Nakua. 32% target share for Cooper Cup. Elite, okay? Cup is averaging about one more fantasy point per game than Puka. Both of these guys are in the wide receiver one conversation now puka does have the tougher matchup between the two against seattle on the perimeter especially on that right side against trey brown to me it doesn't really matter that much puka's going to be in my lineup like regardless you know with stafford back i have him as a where do i have him like a wide receiver high wide receiver two i think is where i have him this week yep i have my wide receiver 13 on the week this week so i got him at 14 know, he's gonna be in my lineup you have him at 13 yeah. also I have him at 14, so we're pretty much we're, we're in agreement. But the bottom yep. line here is that you just need to flush the past few weeks. Stafford's healthy. In three games this season from weeks five to seven, you know, when Cooper Cup was active and Matthew Stafford was at quarterback, both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua averaged over 16 points a game. You mentioned it. Cup has a slight edge. But both of them finished as wide receiver ones twice in those three games. So they're going to be fine, especially this week with Kyron Williams. He's not back yet, so the passing game is going to be even more important to their to their success on offense. Maybe people aren't as concerned about Cooper Cup because of his track record. You know, it's like we know the type of producer he is. But I'm kind of treating Puka that way, too, even as a rookie. You know, he was everything he wanted and more of a fantasy wide receiver one those first five games of the year. Target share, production, consistency. He had it all. So I'm looking at both of them as just like really solid receivers the rest of the way. It just comes down to Matthew Stafford being healthy. Yeah, no, for for sure. And and, and you mentioned the Cardinals Texans game having a high total. Um, you know, we've been talking about Hollywood Brown and how he needs to be in lineups and all that. Uh, I think he's still a solid wide receiver too this week. I have him down at wide receiver 22, so a little bit lower than usual. Um, so, you know, still a wide receiver too. He would normally be higher, but his matchup is actually not so amazing this week against Houston. They've been allowing the sixth fewest fantasy points uh, to perimeter wide receivers and the fifth fewest over the last four weeks. Um, the slot is where teams have been attacking Houston with success. Um, now, I do think Hollywood's going to get his target share this week. I really do. So, you know, he is going to be in my lineups where I have him. Uh, Rondell Moore, you know, he's a sneaky play this week, particularly in PPR. He had a 30% target share from Kyler Murray last week. So if you need like a deeper wide receiver or PPR flex play, uh, I would throw him in my lineup. Yeah, I, I like that call on Rondell Moore. Like you mentioned, you know, I'm not looking at more as someone that I'm dying to get in my lineup. Like, don't go moving other guys out of your lineup specifically to start him. But it was surprising to see Kyler Murray come back and just pepper him of all receivers. You know, why does Rondell Moore suddenly the guy as soon as Kyler Murray's back? It's just one of those things that annoyed me a little bit because it's like those are supposed to be Marquise Brown's targets. But Houston's allowing the second most fantasy points wide receivers out of the slot over the past two games, not two games, four games, like you mentioned. So, yeah, the PPR upside is going to be there. And we talked a lot already about how Marquise Brown should be getting his feet underneath him. And like I talked about earlier in the show, Vegas is expecting fireworks here. The matchup on the outside is tough, but I think there's a world where he sneaks into the top 15, Marquise Brown, in a good, which I, what I think is going to be a good game. I think he could sneak, sneak into the top 15 on something like six for 70 and a touchdown. You know, not a huge day, but I think he has it in him to finish as one of the 
higher end wide receivers this week. If it's not as a low wide receiver too, where we all have him ranked, I think you, me, and Tyler are all on him. I think it's I think you guys have him both as a wide receiver twenty two, and I have him as a twenty three. So there you go, perfect. That, that's um, all you need to know. So yeah, so just for context, the total in this game is forty eight. Like I think we're we've been we're hyping this game up like crazy. It's not like a fifty three game fifty three point total. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It just so happens that we don't have any games. That Vegas is projecting, or you know, above fifty points this week, but in particular, um, a, a game that doesn't—I don't think is going to be too high scoring—is the Bills and Jets game. Um, a little bit of a tough <laughs> matchup for Stefan Diggs this week against the Jets. Uh, he he had a down week last week against Patrick Sertan, who shadowed him on a little bit more than fifty percent of his routes. Uh, no shadow situation expected this week, but DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner—they've been holding down the perimeter for the Jets. They're they're allowing the fewest fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. You know, to just wide receivers in general, you know, over the course of the season, over the course of the last eight weeks, over the course of the last four weeks, like shut down. Okay. These dudes don't play. Um, now with that being said, I'm still playing Diggs. Um, just temper expectations. Yeah. He did go over 100 yards against them, you know, with a touchdown in week one. Uh, but that was uh, a long time ago. And I think outside of the really tough matchup, I know you love pumping up your Jets corners, and I would do it too if my defense was playing that well. But I think outside of that really tough matchup, you can also look at the quarterback play as a factor here too. You know, like the same way I'm valuing Tank Dell and CD Lamb a little higher this week because of the way their quarterbacks have been playing, like that's the same way I'm going to value Diggs just a little bit lower because of the way Josh Allen's been playing. You know, you said it. The Jets are straight up the worst matchup for receivers this season. Now you have Josh Allen stumbling into this one on the heels of Diggs' worst performance of the year. Like, if there were a time for a cold streak for Diggs this season, like, this would be it. This could be two games back-to-back where he doesn't come through. He's still a top-10 play for me just because the offense is structured to go as a Josh Allen-Stefan Diggs connection goes. Like, if they're having a good game, the offense looks fine. But if it's going to be like it was last week, which is very possible, it's a much tougher matchup, that means, you know, he might have a lower ceiling than usual. He's going to have the target volume every week, but he's not going to scrape that weekly upside in this matchup like he has the rest of the season. Now, uh, another elite wide receiver that we've been talking about, Devontae Adams, you know, there was an obvious effort to get him the ball last week. It was vocalized by Antonio Pierce, their head coach. Uh, 50%, 50%, okay, 5-0% target share. Uh, I just wanted to make sure you guys didn't think I was saying 15. Uh, 50 percent target share for Devonta adams last week 13 targets the raiders didn't have to throw the ball a whole lot but this week they probably will have to in miami uh, i'm starting adams you know, despite the dolphins having ramsey and xavier howard back there adams went six for 86 on 13 targets last week against the jets that's good enough for me he should be fine in this one you know similar to a garrett wilson situation here where you're just playing him for the high floor that he should have and it's a sad sad day when Devonte adams becomes a floor play in fantasy land <laughs> That just yeah, makes me really sad. It's like we're talking about it's just so nonchalant. We're just matter of fact, well, Devontae Adams is a floor play anymore. It's like that's just terrible. But this is a guy that would be a dominant fantasy wide receiver one in 2016 in the NFL just because of the way the quarterback situation is shaken out. But he's got Aiden O'Connell as his quarterback, and that's the reality of the situation. It's sad. The matchup isn't great, like you mentioned, but unless the Dolphins put on a titanic choke choke job. You know, there's no way that the Raiders should be in anything but a negative game script in this one. If he's getting 13 targets in a you know, pretty good game script for the Raiders last week. Like, imagine what it's going to be in a negative game script. And then you pair that with a target share he's been getting, like I said, in the disappearance of Jacoby Myers in the passing game, which is also really annoying. I don't know how that Who? happened because he's Jacoby Myers. Who's that? He's just gone. Yeah. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's true. I see oh, what you that, did there. Oh, that guy from like that week guy. five. I remember that, that guy. guy from New England. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember the guy that, that guy. Yeah. The guy that was. He's been, he's oh, been missing. Yeah. Completely we got to get him up on a milk carton or something. That's what I'm saying. Like he's just been completely gone. So he's out. Like obviously Adams is the number one guy here. That's what Antonio Pierce pushed. That's what we're getting. It's okay. You know, that's great for Devontae Adams. But if you had Jacoby Myers, it's just not a good development. If Adams can score a touchdown, I think this week he has the upside to sneak into the top ten. But the top five upside's gone at this point. Yeah. What about Adam Thielen? He he's been on <clears throat> excuse me. He's been on a little bit of a slump the last getting choked two up games about or so. Him. <laughs> I'm sad. Uh, five for 29 six for 42 now he goes up against a cowboys defense that has allowed the third fewest fantasy points to slot wide receivers their head coach has taken over play calling duties once again uh probably better for the panthers overall they were better on offense before the bye it also happened to be when Thielen started sliding a bit three games ago right so 
we could see some more of an emphasis to get Thielen the ball and also get him the ball a little bit more downfield like they were doing before. In the first six games of the season, according to FantasyLife.com's utilization report, 32% of the air yards, 8.1 average depth of target. In the last three games with Thomas Brown calling the plays, that dropped from 32% to 21% air yard share. And then his average depth of target dropped from 8.1 to 4.8. Okay. now Pretty much cut in tough, half. Tough, yeah, exactly. Tough matchup this week, no doubt about it. But this little switcheroo is what you want for Thielen. Uh, he should be downgraded this week because of the matchup. But he should still be in lineups because I think this is an upgrade in terms of how he'll he'll be used. Yeah, and we were just talking about Devontae Adams. You know, they made a point to get him the ball. The coaching switch happened, and that's now he's getting the ball, and he's a safe floor play. That could be the same thing here with Adam Thielen. So that's playing into it a little bit, the way I look at Thielen this week, too. I'm treating him as a low wide receiver, too, and I think he has a little upside, you know, which sounds odd considering the way we're expecting this game to go, but teams have had a lot more success on offense against the Cowboys when Dallas hits the road versus playing the Cowboys at home. In their past two road games, Dallas has allowed a weekly wide receiver one finish in both of them. Granted, that was against the Eagles and Chargers. They have Keenan Allen and A.J. Brown. But Dallas doesn't do that at home. So to get Dallas on the road is good news for Adam Thielen. If the Panthers get in a negative game script, I think Thielen can take advantage of that garbage time a la week five against the Lions. Remember, back way back when, it feels like. But when Detroit won 42-24, he had 11 catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown that week. 27.7 fantasy points. Like He's going to be perfectly fine. All of this, of course, is just lipstick on a pig. It's, it's a pig of a matchup for Thielen this week. But I'm still starting him with confidence as a wide receiver, too. And the upside might not be as out of reach as you might think. You also mentioned like the coaching change could change things um, significantly for him. I think he's going to look a lot better than he has these past few weeks, even in a tough matchup. By the way, guys, our full rankings for the week, positional flex, all that, they're up on our website at upperhandfantasy.com. Not only rankings, but articles, strength of schedule tools, a lot more uh, stuff there to go check out to help you win your leagues. Another thing to check out while you're there is our free daily newsletter that you can sign up for. You can read all of the newsletters that we've sent out already. You can preview those, so you can check that, check out what we have already sent out. Uh, and then you can decide to have it delivered to your email inbox every morning. It's only a five-minute read. Uh, it's so worth it. Okay, you can always unsubscribe if you decide not to do it anymore, but I think this will help you stay on top of everything that's going on in the fantasy world. Okay. Uh, Justin Jefferson, you know, we don't know if he's going to be back this week. He's still logging limited practices. It's very possible they hold him out another week. So we have to stay tuned for practice reports and what they say they're going to do with him this weekend. I'd assume they want him at full strength. If he's not practicing in full yet, you know, as of Thursday, he's probably not at full strength, right? So, the, you know, they've been winning yeah. without him, right? Denver is a winnable game, but, you know, we'll see if he does play, despite the tough matchup against Patrick Sertan, like, I think he'll be in my lineup. Um, I have him as my wide receiver nine on the week if he does end up playing. Yeah, and I think with Justin Jefferson, the analysis is minimal. You know, once he's back to 100%, there's no question. I think he's going to be ranked as a top five option the rest of the way. Thanks, Josh Dobbs. But... I'm not really expecting Jefferson to play this week, and that's based off of what, based off of what Kevin O'Connell has been saying this week. He said he's in the ramping up stage, quote unquote, whatever that means, and that they hope he'll he'll be out there. But that doesn't really signify to me that they want him to play just yet. He, they've yeah. also said that he Justin Jefferson, I think himself, has said he doesn't want to be out there unless he's 100. percent If he's getting limited, I'm going to say he's probably not 100. percent And why would they throw him out there, especially when they're winning, like you mentioned, T.J. Hawkinson's taking on the load in the receiving game. He's doing everything he needs to do. I wouldn't try to throw that off, forcing Justin Jefferson to line up, not only early, but also, you know, it's going to change the dynamic of the offense. So if Jefferson goes this week, though, and I'd be surprised if he did, I'd pencil him in as a low wide receiver one. Like you just mentioned, you have him as your wide receiver nine. But for the most part, I think this week, I'm not expecting him to play. I'm looking at next week as when I expect him to be back on the field. And then we'll talk about him. I think he's probably going to be in my top five as long as Josh Dobbs doesn't take a titanic turn for the worse. We we talked about DJ Moore earlier in the week. Justin Fields is going to be back this week, so Moore should be in your lineup. The ceiling, you know, has been massive with Fields throwing to Moore. And, you know, I just can't have that type of ceiling sitting on my bench, right? The Bears will have to throw the ball against the Lions. Uh, it's a decent enough matchup. The Lions are bottom 10 overall in fantasy points given up to wide receivers. Um, so I have him as my wide receiver 15 on the week. Yeah, and no one's advocating for him on the bench. Like, I think you're a little bit higher on him than I am, 
this week. You know, I'm a, I have him as my wide receiver 21 right now. And I understand the ceiling that we're all envisioning for more. Those were good days back then, those two weeks where he was just on that tear. But I'm not sure that connection just comes right back the day Justin Fields returns. It's a tough game against a divisional opponent on the road. You know, I don't think I have him astronomically low in my rankings this week. You know, I think low wide receiver two feels about right for a receiver that's been chilling on ice for the past few weeks with Tyson Bajan under center. But it's all going to come down to what the game script is in this one. The Lions run away with it. I can see the upside you're talking about having him as wide receiver 15. But that sample size from earlier this year, it's pretty small. You know, that's what they were tearing it up. As amazing as it was to see, it's pretty small. I don't want to just go back and say, okay, this is just going to be the case the rest of the way. You know, I'm tempering expectations. Obviously, I'm putting him in my lineup. This is great news for DJ Moore. If you've had him, you know, you've been holding him. You've been getting through these weeks where he's at 9, 10 points. You're putting him in your lineup and he should be able to get it done for you. But I am tempering expectations just a little bit. Yeah, it's a pretty good matchup, and the Lions are favored by seven and a half points in this one. So it looks like it's going to be a, a pretty negative game script for them. They're going to have to throw the ball. So yeah. I, I I do like DJ Moore this week. Um, Dallas Goddard, he has not been placed on IR. He had surgery. It's a four-week timeline, but it's possible that they want him back for the Cowboys game on December 10th. That is four weeks from now. So if they put him on IR, he'd have to miss that game. So I think they potentially want him back for that game. He'll likely miss the next three at the very least. Um, that should boost Devontae Smith's target share in the time being. Uh, this game has a 45.5 point total. The Chiefs are actually favored in this game by 2.5. Should be competitive. This isn't necessarily a cake matchup. The Chiefs have allowed the third least fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, but there is a chance that A.J. Brown is going to be shadowed by LeJarrius Sneed. If that happens, we could see a lot of Jalen Watson on Devontae Smith, which would be a very, very good thing for him. Uh, I don't think Trent McDuffie is going to be on the outside. He's defended the slot mostly. This season, he's been their primary nickel corner. So Devontae could have a little bit of an advantage in this game. Uh, quarterbacks have targeted Jalen Watson at one of the highest rates in the league this year. So I'm hoping that Devontae Smith can potentially come through with a high target share in a sneaky good matchup. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. You have him as your wide receiver 16 on the week. I am as a wide receiver 15. Big part of him being ranked as high does have to do with Goddard being out. And let's not forget that this is the Super Bowl rematch. You know, the last time these two teams played, it was 38 to 35. Smith had 100 yards receiving, led the Eagles in that game. You can look at matchups and boil it down to the X's and O's like we do every week, you know. But every once in a while, you get a matchup between two great teams where you just might be better off throwing the book out the window and trusting that the playmakers are going to show up. This is like one of those games, <laughs> you know. Um, the playmakers on each team, they're going to have to come through in this one. Ultimately, there isn't really, and you shouldn't really be hesitant to play any of the players in this one Devonte smith aj brown these big name players that are going to be getting the ball a lot you know you look at the matchup it's going to be a quality game when you compare when you compare Devonte smith's potential this week to what we've seen from him so far this season you know, I, I think his scoring upside is much higher against the chiefs because it's clearly going to be a competitive game and i i'm just excited to see an actual good primetime matchup <laughs> this week i got I, I, I don't know if you saw this I hope it was so. like one of these nuggets. There was, a nu there was one of these nuggets that someone pulled out. I forget what it was. It was one of the betting apps on their Instagram page. They're like the unders have hit in like 70 or 80% of the games for prime time this year. Like it's ridiculous. Makes sense. So hopefully, we don't, hopefully we don't get that. You know, maybe, maybe I'm proving my own point wrong and saying that you shouldn't betting, be banking on a high score. the game. under. Bet the under. <laughs> Um, Mike, Mike Evans gets another very good matchup against the 49ers. Uh, I don't trust Baker Mayfield a whole lot, but I do trust him to get the ball to Mike Evans like he's been doing all year. Three touchdowns over the last four games for Evans, uh, three games over 80 yards receiving over his last four, and the 49ers have given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last four weeks and the fourth most overall this year. Uh, Godwin had a good matchup last week. He didn't come through um, you know, two weeks in a row. You know, his matchup in particular is very, very good on that right perimeter where they've given up the most fantasy points over the last four games. But, like, it was really good last week, too. Like, can we trust him to get back on track this week? I want to say yes, but in Baker Mayfield's offense, Godwin just hasn't been a priority target. You know, like, yeah. we could talk a long time about why that's a mistake and why not involving Godwin could be holding Tampa, Tampa Bay back. But over the past three weeks, he's just seeing an 18% target share. Like, I have Godwin as a high wide receiver three by virtue of the matchup here alone. But there right. hasn't been anything in Godwin's game this season that makes me think that Mike Evans isn't going to continue to outperform him the rest of the way. And that's just the way it's been. You know, I trust Mike Evans this week as a top 10 receiver, but that's about as far as my trust goes in this Buccaneers passing game moving forward. I think Baker Mayfield, for the most part, he's, he's been a pretty all right fantasy quarterback. You know, he's inside the top 17, you know, 
quarterbacks. That's just off the top of my head. I might be wrong, but he hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been. That was super specific, ball. though. That was super. It specific. was specific. Yes, it was I'm, specific. I'm, now, you while you're talking, I'm going to look it up because that, I, that. I, I'm really yeah. hoping it's exactly 17. But go ahead. I, I hope it is too. But anyway, like I, I'm talking. I think it's points per game. So there you go. Don't don't I'm go sure. by total points. But um, like I was saying, Chris Godwin. I, I I don't trust him. I think that you look at this. They had a good match. The Jaguars had a good matchup last week uh, against the 49ers, and the 49ers shut them down. And if that's the case, like, could we see the 49ers do the same thing? Because I think the Jaguars are slightly better offense. They're underperforming. They're slightly better offense than the Buccaneers right now. So I'm definitely concerned about Chris Godwin. I'm not worried about Mike Evans, though, just because of the volume that he's been getting. If you had to guess uh, what where Baker Mayfield ranks in points per game this year, where would you guess? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my gun and say 17 because that's what I said. Just a couple seconds. He is the QB 17 on the year. Is he really? Yeah. I did not include um, Anthony Richardson, and I did not include Kyler Murray because they have much smaller sample sizes than everyone else. Right. Okay. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. It was off the top of my head. I don't. Right. So my point is I don't believe you that it was off the top of your head. Um, no, no, no. So it was definitely off the top of my head. I, I shit you not. I was off the top of my head. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, so the last time Dorian Thompson Robinson was the quarterback for the Browns, Amari Cooper had one catch for 16 yards. Now, it was against Baltimore, so maybe we give him the benefit of the doubt, and we should. Uh, but Amari had one bad game against Indy uh, over the last five weeks since his bye. The other four games, he's been balling. They're at home against yep. Pittsburgh this week. The matchup is decent. The Steelers have gotten better on the perimeter, though. But I do think overall, all that being said, Amari has to be downgraded to like a wide receiver three this week, maybe a low-end one. And again, <laughs> I'm going to keep touching back on this. We talked about Garrett Wilson. We talked about Devontae Adams. We talked about so Jamar Chase. Now it's Amari Cooper because he could be dealing with a rookie at quarterback. It's just like it's a never-ending list. It's another one of these situations where you have a talented wide receiver who's going to be probably held back by quarterback play. And I didn't like what I saw from Dorian Thompson-Robinson either, like you mentioned, in his first game. That was also against the Ravens, so I think we can give him slight benefit of the doubt here. But honestly, <laughs> I think I'd rather have P.J. Walker in at this point. You know, I, We know what we're getting with him, at least. There's a little bit of, you know, uh, there's a word that's not coming to me right now. But uh, I, I can't get it. Anyway, there's... This is going to kill you. Uh, track kill record you that we've seen. Show. Yeah, it's going to kill me the rest of the show. But anyway, there's a track record that we've seen with PJ Walker. We know what we're getting. We don't know what we're getting with Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'm not a big fan of Mario Cooper this week just because of that. But I think if he can rack up the volume like Garrett Wilson is, he'll be all right. But he's definitely outside. He's a wide receiver three this week. I think he's a high wide receiver three in my rankings. So not overly excited about him. I am definitely not excited. Uh, to start Amari Cooper this week. I have him as a wide receiver 35, so he's a low-end wide receiver 3 for me. Not excited, right. for sure. Um, if you if you guys enjoy this podcast, please hit subscribe or follow or add on your podcast app. It's free to do. It's simple. It takes two seconds. If you could do it now. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank but, you so much, guys. We really, really appreciate it. Um, the matchup on paper for Deontay Johnson looks pretty tough. Um, and after the rough week, he had last week. I can understand why some people don't want to start him, but I would encourage you to start him in PPR leagues as a wide receiver too. Cleveland runs some of the most man coverage in the NFL. That's right in his wheelhouse. That's that's that right side against Cleveland. Also, little little, little crack in the armor. Little, little vulnerable. Have they've been little a little vulnerable armor, yeah. lately? Chink in the armor. That's what it's supposed to be. Like right. not cracking the armor, right? Sorry. Um, they've given up the ninth most fantasy points on that right side over the last four weeks. Deontay runs a majority of his perimeter routes on that side. So I think, you know, throw him back in lineup this week. What do you yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, you have to. And okay. we talked about this immediately after the game when it happened. I think on the takeaways episode, like we're not going to see Deontay Johnson get this low a target share the rest of the way. That's just not who he is in his offense. And it was just a weird day overall because both the running backs had high target shares last week. It's going to return to normalcy in this one. And they're going to have an easier time, I think, the Steelers, you know, being competitive in this game and being in a position to throw um, with Dorian Thompson Robinson being the quarterback on the other side. You know, I think Deshaun Watson, if Deshaun Watson were playing as mid as his play has been <laughs> this season, you know, he, he gives the Browns a better quarterback to operate with. I think. Dorian Thompson Robinson is definitely going to turn it over once or twice. That's going to result in more opportunities for Deontay Johnson on the field. I think that's going to end up giving him some more money touches too. Um, maybe money targets, if you want to call it that, because they could have short fields they're working with. 
more touchdown opportunities. I like Deontay Johnson to bounce back this week 100%. I think it's a good call. Uh, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins had an amazing matchup last week. He shit the bed. I was very, very high on him. He has another great matchup this week against Jacksonville. They've given up the second most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the last eight weeks. What do we do here? Because I have him down as my wide receiver 31 after having him as a borderline wide receiver one last week. Um, you know, so it really comes down to a matter of trust. I don't think I can fully trust him. You know, that three touchdown game from a few weeks ago has me on tilt. Right. Like it's like that's what I'm kind of holding yeah. on to when I'm like, you know, that possibility of him having a big game and a good matchup is there. But he had it last week. And now now I kind of don't know what to do with him. The the, the thing for me, I, I'm tilting over that three touchdown game, too, but it's for a different reason. Like that happened on a very, very low target share. I think he had four or five targets that game. He caught all three of his passes. They were all touchdowns like it was ridiculous. So then I was like, OK. I don't want to buy into this because, you know, the target share wasn't there. It was a great matchup. I'm, I'm going to cool the Jets a little bit here. But then these past two weeks, he's had high target shares. He's just not catching the ball, you know. And some of that's come from Will Levis being in, a little bit more inaccurate than he was in that first game. And I think people were pointing out, like on Twitter, that, you know, Will Levis, he was a little bit more inaccurate than people gave him credit for in that first game where he threw those three touchdowns. That's kind of returning. It's regressing to the mean now. And he's having a little bit more trouble. But I'm looking at this matchup. And I'm going to say the target share has been there. DeAndre Hopkins is a good enough receiver. It's been a couple of weeks since he's had that good game. I think he's due to, you know, turn things around and get things going in this game. I don't think it's going to be three touchdowns, but I do think if the target share holds up like it's been these past couple of weeks, that he can come through in this matchup because Jacksonville's on a little bit of a slide right now. So I'm on DeAndre him? Hopkins. I have him as a wide receiver 18. I have him as a low wide receiver two, mid low wide receiver. Oh, two. Damn. So, yeah. So I think if there's a spot for him to turn things around, it's, it's going to be this week. The target share has been there. It's just the quality target hasn't. I think that Will Levis has a better chance this week than he did these past couple of weeks. The Buccaneers are a pretty, they're a pretty good defense. Their numbers are a little overinflated because of that game CJ Stroud had against them. So maybe people were buying into Will Levis a little bit too much last week because it looked like a good matchup. But I think this one's actually truly a good matchup, especially for DeAndre Hopkins. So I have him pretty high compared to where you have him. You might have convinced me to move him up a little bit. Okay. Maybe uh, if bit. you can take anyone's advice on this one, probably lean with Zach on that one. Uh, okay. I was banging the table on four, on the 49ers wide receivers last week. They both came through. Not a huge game from either of them, but they came through. Um, the volume wasn't even really there in the past game. Um, the Jaguars put up zero fight in that game. The yeah. 49ers are favored by 11 and a half in this game. Also, according to Fantasy Life's Game Hub, you know, but, you know, can this be a similar game? I still want to start both these wide receivers. Another big zone coverage team that they're going up against here. So Debo can get his in this one. And Ayuk as well. Fifth most fantasy points given up, you know, over the last four weeks by Tampa. This is the matchup that Hopkins, you know, couldn't come through in, right? But I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, will be able to get his his guys to take advantage of this one. Yeah, and Brock Purdy looked a lot better last week too. You know, it's like, so I think that you look at the way that the offense played, they didn't have any... There, that's the word. Precedent. There was no precedent to throw the ball. <laughs> that's what it was for we earlier. Did we did it. Yeah, there, there was <laughs> there was no reason for them to throw the ball last week. So I'm I'm just gonna kind of take that one with a grain of salt. I think we're gonna look at a much. I think it's gonna be much more competitive than the spread indicates in this game. You know, eleven and a half feels a little disingenuous if you ask me, because the Buccaneers they're not that bad. But with the 49ers receivers, I, I think that they're both due for a big game. Um, Brandon Ayuk, I, I think. You mentioned it's his own coverage team, so maybe it's a Debo Samuel day, but I think both of them are going to be able to come through. I'm not looking at them as anybody that I'm pulling out of my lineup for anybody else. Just the way this matchup should go, they should be in lineups. So the fact that we did not talk about this game overall, um, and you also like the Bucks here, I, I think I got I to gotta put some money on the Bucks, man. I mean, oh, yeah? you know, uh, uh, does, 11 and does a half. 11 and a half feel like a really widespread? Like <laughs> it, it seems it seems bigger than I thought it should be personally. So the yeah. fact that you also said that and you also think that as well, it, it means that I think I should put some money on it. So so I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad we didn't talk about it. and I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, if you're a little bit desperate at wide receiver, um, you know, we called Jaden Reed last week. So that worked out. He has another good matchup this week. The Chargers are giving up the sixth most fantasy points to slot wide receivers this year. They're also giving up the fourth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers, although they have gotten better there. So, you know, more middle of the pack over the last five or six games. I think Dubs is in the flex conversation. So is Jaden Reed. Uh, at this point, I'm probably starting Jaden Reed over all these guys. Um, 
Christian Watson, yeah. if he doesn't come through this week, just drop his ass. Uh, I'm not starting him, though. <laughs> uh, colossal bust this year. But if you're starting any Packers wide receivers, it's the ones who have been finishing inside the top 40 over the last four weeks, and that's Jaden Reed and Romeo Dubs. And, and Dubs just keeps hanging around. And uh, I, we, could, we could dedicate a whole episode, I think, to Christian Watson not coming through this season. And it's, it, it hasn't even been close with Christian Watson. It's such a pain. But Romeo Dubs and Jane Reed, those are the guys I'm looking to start. I think I agree with you on the order in terms of how you're starting them as well. You know, Romeo Dubs, I think he's a pretty much ideal flex because he has that touchdown upside. But he's also, you know, I, I guess an ideal flex would be a very good player. But in terms of what he's going to offer in this offense, putting him in your flex is the best spot to have him. I don't want to start him as a wide receiver three. But I think you could get away with Jaden Reed as wide receiver three. Like you mentioned, also in the matchup, it, it's a solid one. So, it's a pain the way that this passing offense is shaken out. It looked like it was going to be all right earlier in the season, but it, it just hasn't panned out. So I, I think at this point they're relegated to be wide receiver threes and lower um, the rest of the way, unless Christian Watson can turn things around. But it feels drastic like to recommend dropping Watson, but he's not doing anything. Like There's nothing in Do his something. utilization. Yes, there's nothing in his utilization. There's nothing even with the eye test. Like, I've seen him drop passes. Like, he just hasn't looked like the same receiver he was last year. And maybe that's what happens when Aaron Rodgers leaves. But Jordan Love, is he hasn't been that bad. There's no reason for him to be having this quiet a production this season. Jordan Love's been shit. Okay. All right. Anyway, moving on, moving forward. Uh, no response necessary there. Um, right. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, we, we, we mentioned the Jaguars real quick, but I want to circle back on that game. You know, between Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, Ridley is the one with the better matchup, you know, by far. Um, the slot has been covered pretty well this year by Tennessee. Um, the third best over the last four weeks. Um, you know, here's the thing. Uh, I, I still rather start Kirk because I trust him more. Uh, I will say that Ridley isn't just a bench for me, though. Like a lot of people just want to bench him. Like he'll, he's still a wide receiver three for me. He's still, he'll still be in my lineup this week if I need him. Right. Well, Ridley had a great matchup last week too against the 49ers. And yeah. I, I guess you could say, oh, it was, you know, oh, it was the, the Jaguars put up no fight. They just got dominated, that kind of thing. But still, like if you're in a negative game script for that long, Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing that well, but you can't yeah. come through with more than four points. Like it, it was just terrible. So Trevor Lawrence the was trust, hot garbage in last, last week's game. Yeah, the trust is completely gone, you know, between Calvin Ridley and fantasy managers. Nobody's going to be like, oh, I can't wait to get him in this lineup. At least he has a good matchup because he hasn't come through in good matchups. He hasn't come through in bad matchups. So I, I think I'm with you on this one. But Chris, if not Christian, Calvin Ridley, if Calvin Ridley has another good matchup, like maybe you can hold out hope. Like I would maybe throw him in as a flex and hope for the best. Maybe they can turn things around. But the Jaguars offense has just been terrible. Like where do, where do you have Ridley this week? I, have I, I don't know. I don't know that off the top of my, my head, but I know Baker Mayfield points per game off the top of my head. Let's see. Where is Ridley? <laughs> I have him as wide receiver 35. Yeah. So he is a fringe wide receiver okay. three for me. Gotcha. I have him at, th I have him at 30. That sounds about right yeah. based on the conversation we just had. Um, Rashi Rice has one of the best matchups of any wide receiver this week against Philly out of the slot. Um, they've given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers uh, over the last slot wide receivers over the last four and eight weeks. Uh, he's finished as a wide receiver three or better in four of his last five games uh, and in six of his nine games this year. He's like the Gus Edwards, <laughs> you know, or like the Cortland Sutton like of this offense where yeah. the opportunity isn't crazy, but he keeps scoring touchdowns. Uh, and in this offense, that's just like how they operate. Like, I don't expect the Chiefs to run uh, the ball a whole lot in this game. Obviously, you know, Eagles front, you know, is serious. Um, they're going to be attacking the through the air, right? Um, this is going to yeah. be a competitive game. We talked about it already. So I, I'd want Rice in my lineup this week. It is funny. Like Cortland Sutton feels like the perfect comparison, <laughs> right. you know, in terms of, I mean, like Cortland Sutton's he, he's had a little bit more higher target share these past couple of weeks. Like he, Rashi Rice isn't getting that, but the yeah. target and, and route participation too. Right. Yeah. So it's like, he's come on. I know it's like a running joke between you and me. It's like, where am I going to have Rashi Rice in my rankings? Because a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I was like super low on him or something. And where do you have him in this week? I'm gonna check. I don't know off the top of my head, yeah. but I, I I might get flamed for it if I tell you. I can't Let's wait. See. Uh, that, that, that's why. I, that's why I bring it up. There he is. No I, way. I'm gonna, okay, get this. I'm gonna, get this. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna clip this. The matchup is great, right? So the matchup they're, they're playing against the Eagles. The Eagles allow a lot of points. I have him higher than you have him. I have him as a wide receiver twenty eight. <laughs> you have, you have him as wide yes. receiver thirty two. The, yes. the, <laughs> yes. The frost propaganda of Rashi Rice is getting to me. No, I'll tell you this. <laughs> 
he has inspired more confidence in me because he's running more routes these past couple of weeks and he's got a couple more targets you know it's like that it's looking a little bit more consistent he's flashed on the screen when i watched the chiefs where he wasn't doing that earlier in the season so that's my rationale here yeah, now for sure no I I, i'm Listen, not, I'm I, not I, I was i was yeah, yeah, so yeah. low on rashi rice coming into the nfl <laughs> like i was like right i remember that anybody yeah. I, I remember specifically a conversation we had during one of our podcasts over the offseason. It was like sleepers. I was like, oh, what do you think of Rashi Rice? You're like, is he, we had a whole fight over it because it was like, not a fight, but like you were like, is he going to be like out snapping Sky Moore or that kind of thing? Like, I, I think that was him or something like that. Right. And I was like, well, yeah, maybe, but you like put me to bed with that one. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you turn around the regular season and you talk about Rashi Rice being this guy. I'm like, what the heck? There's, there's no consistency here. <laughs> hey, listen, but, man. <laughs> I, I, I gotta go with what I'm seeing here. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Using them, 100%. That's what know? I'm doing here too. I, I, I've changed my tune. Evidently, it's, funny it's also the match. Literally, like he's like a clone of Kadarius Tony almost. It's like they're the same type of player. Like neither nah, one of them. Don't put him in that bucket. No. No. Listen, at least Rashi Rice can stay on the field. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if Rashi Rice wasn't in the Chiefs right now, they'll be using Tony exactly how they're using Rashi Rice. I guess it's fair. I, I really believe that. Um, it's funny like they, they they just draft these like receivers who just don't run like the cleanest routes. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird to me. Like why they do that? I, I don't really understand. Yeah. Like, um, ugh, this is crazy. Like what would Mahomes yeah. do? Obviously Tyreek Hill, but like we haven't seen Mahomes with like a traditional X receiver. You know, even I mean? Tyreek Hill isn't even a traditional Y receiver. That's what I mean. He's it. not traditional. Right? Like a traditional X receiver, like a Drake London, exactly. like a Mike Evans, like that kind of yeah. receiver, like an AJ Brown. Like what would that be? It's crazy. We'll never know because they will never draft that guy. Um, well, <laughs> they don't you know, they had, you know, they uh, what's Mahomes. his name? Well, what's his name was supposed to potentially turn into that. Um, Justin Watson. What's his name? Is that what it was? No, the dude, the dude from Clemson um, who just, oh, got Justin Ross. Some, yeah. Justin, Justin Ross, Ross just got some, some domestic abuse, like allegations or something like that. He I was think. an undrafted rookie though. It's like, nobody actually thought that was going to no. happen. Right. Right. Well, listen, nobody he was a superstar. He was a superstar Clemson. There was a chance, right? Cause he was a superstar Clemson wide receiver. Then he got hurt, blah, blah, blah. He would have been a first round pick. Um, if he never had that injury. So there was always that, that potential like door opening for him, but you know, but Unfortunately, that didn't work out. Um, yeah. So moving over to tight ends, like I think one of the main questions this week that I've seen is like, who am I starting over Trey McBride? Right, <laughs> that's like the main question. <laughs> um, so I think for me, it's Kelsey Hawkinson. It, it was Andrews, uh, Dalton yeah. Kincaid, and like Sam Laporta, and that's it. Like, so I'm starting McBride over like Kittle. Kittle doesn't have a great matchup this week, but Komet, Schultz, Ingram, Ferguson, like I think all those guys are tight end ones. Uh, like, are you? Does that sound about right? Or are you starting him over a couple of those guys? Or are you starting a couple of yeah, those no, guys over him? I, I have McBride as my tight end five, and that comes down just to the okay. way that it, it's not just like a, it's not a quarterback thing. Obviously, in Arizona, like I was breaking down Trey McBride's production these past couple of weeks. I'm like trying to figure out where is there a hole, but there's not a hole because he's had three different quarterbacks. They've all targeted him, and even when he wasn't the tight end one in the offense, Zach Ertz was playing. Zach Ertz was getting a bunch of targets, so clearly it's the scheme and the offense. And Trey McBride just being a good talent too, all that coming together, that's going to give him this target share that's going to be way higher than the rest of the guys. He looks like one of the more solid bets on a weekly basis, and he's come on pretty quickly these past two weeks. I don't think anybody beneath him can like claim that type of role in their offense that Trey McBride has had he these looks, past few weeks. He looks really good, man. Like he yeah. looks good too. Like he, he was know, just a sleeping he's catching balls. He's catching he's catching balls downfield. He's making plays after the catch. He, he's yeah. just he's looking good, man. Like if I had Trey McBride in Dynasty, I would be ecstatic. And I yeah. kind of feel like you can buy Trey McBride still in Dynasty because, like, you know, we don't have that huge big of a sample size yet. And mm. like he's probably still cheaper than like Kincaid and Laporta. You know what I'm saying? And these oh, guys, yeah. like, I, I'm wondering like if you could potentially buy him on the low because what we've seen over the last few games, as soon as he took over, like he is like here to stay. And yeah. easy top tight end. It's not even like I that questionable like like range. Top five. I feel like he's like a top five dynasty tight end at this point. Top six, maybe. You know, something yeah, like that. It, I think he's up there. Man. Be. I really. But I like I said, he broke. He is weird because we had like multiple tight ends do this, where Dalton Kincaid, Mark, not Mark, Sam Laporta, Trey McBride, yep. they're all breaking into this not yeah. top seven, twelve range, like this top six range. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it, it's really weird because just couple weeks ago i'd say a couple weeks ago like the beginning of the season okay a couple months ago we were looking at the tight end landscape like this barren thing it was travis kelsey and then the rest you know yeah now suddenly there's more talent here and i think that's good overall for fantasy we needed like, it we needed it. it's, it's like much, an influx we, of talent it's a new crop <laughs> a new harvest 
You know, it was we had a drought, and now we have this harvest of new tight ends coming up, and they're all in situations where they can continue to be like contributors. Obviously, Sam Laporta is in a good spot with the Lions. Dalton Kincaid's in a spot. There's nobody besides Stefan Diggs in the passing game. Now Trey McBride, Kyler Murray's thrown to him. Like they have Marquise Brown. He, they can all be parts of their offenses for a long time. They're all young. They're like if you drafted a tight end these past two years for one of these three guys um, in Dynasty, you're, you're sitting pretty. Tyler Conklin has come on a little, a little bit recently. Six catches on six targets for 66 yards. Uh, week nine, uh, seven catches for on seven targets for 70 yards. So I think he's a solid streamer this week. And the matchup against the Bills isn't so bad at all. Um, but the best matchups for tight ends this week, Hawkinson against Denver is the best. Jake Ferguson against the Panthers is pretty good. Dalton Schultz against Arizona will be next up. Uh, Luke Musgrave can be streamed you know, if you're really desperate because of the matchup against the Chargers. Uh, Laporta has a good matchup at two against the Bears. Um, all these like top tight ends have some good matchups this week. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't mention Logan Thomas yet. He has a decent matchup as well against the Giants if you're looking for another streamer. Um, not so great matchups. Travis Kelsey doesn't have a great matchup, but it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, not starting any tight end over him. Maybe, maybe Hawkinson, if you're feeling frisky, um, but Kittle, yeah. I mean, doesn't have a great team, matchup this week. Yeah, go ahead. What team though has to choose between TJ Hawkinson and Travis Kelsey though? Like, uh, unless you're in like an Sickos. eight team league, I, I don't think you're going to see that. You Sickos, know Sickos <laughs> yeah. who draft both of them because they want to take, to keep them away from everybody. Sickos. Uh, dude, I drafted well, TJ Hawkinson for Travis Kelsey's buy. Like that's what I'll say this Hawkinson um, in a lot of leagues like Hawkinson was falling because of the fact that, you know, he wasn't healthy during training mm-hmm. camp. Remember, he had that back injury. So, like, yep. he was falling in a lot of drafts. So, like, if he's if he was there, like in the seventh round in some leagues, I saw him fall and, in a bunch of leagues. And there's Jordan Addison being added too. Like, exactly. Oh, what's exactly. Target are going to look like, you know, one thousand percent. Hawkinson's dominating. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Cole Komet doesn't have a great matchup against Detroit either. Pat Frymuth should be back this week after a full practice, uh, but the matchup against the Browns isn't great, so I don't love him this week. He also wasn't really killing it before, you no, know, he, he got wasn't. hurt. Um, <laughs> it's tough in so, the Steelers passing offense to kill it, <laughs> unless you're down 100%. to Johnson. So I think that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Um, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'll be live on Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. East. No, I'm sorry, 11 a.m. E- what? Yeah, 11 a.m. Eastern time <laughs> is when I'll be live. Um, so you can catch me then. Um, you know, Until then, we'll be updating our rankings uh, throughout the weekend. And uh, my final set of rankings will be out on Sunday morning um, You know, after all the injuries come in and everything. So, And as we do more research and all that. So thank you, guys. We, we'll be back, and we'll see you soon. Take it easy. Bye-bye.